Hello, and welcome to the Letters from Our Fathers podcast, where we explore the actual history of America's founding fathers from their own written words and personal correspondence, but without modern partisan political ideologies. I am your host, Roman. Now let's learn some real history. Absolutely. Welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be episode number 47, if you can call it that. It's going to be a, again, this is going to be a very short episode probably, but I did manage to cobble together some time to be able to get in here and record something for the, uh, for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the previous episode. Again, my apologies for the, the lack of a long form episode getting into the letters, but we will be returning to that on the next episode, which will be episode 48. That's our traditional Monday episode. For this episode, it's going to be a standard Thursday short episode, although it's going to be shorter than usual. Again, Again, as I described previously, because of my uh, busy schedule for the next few months, I'm going to have to cut things back. But I did want to, I, d- I did in my research come across a letter that I felt appropriate for the times. And not just appropriate for the United States of America, but appropriate for the world, I think. Because, you know, during these times in particular, I really feel that, you know, people should be listening to the Founding Fathers of the United States. And that's not because I'm short-sighted or I'm closed-minded about anything else that goes on in the world. You know, the founding fathers of the United States are, are not, like I said, their, their ideas, their concepts, their beliefs, their their principles are timeless, they're borderless, they're a lot of things. But certainly I think they're, they're impactful, you know, the founding fathers, what they did specifically. You know, the big picture. So I have a letter here. And this is jumping forward a little bit in our in our timeline, but that's okay. This is a letter written, letter written from John Adams to John Quincy Adams. That would be his son, of course, and a future president of the United States, as you well know. Both of these men are. That's, I find that fascinating. You know, every time I read these letters between these two people specifically, John and John Quincy, I go into a, a kind of reflection about things, not, not just about the history of John Adams and John Quincy Adams, but about their relationship between family during these kinds of circumstances, specifically between father and son. I can only imagine how concerned John Adams was for his children, especially John Quincy being his uh, his oldest son, and how the, the danger that John Adams must have felt for his family during this period of time. But uh, anyway, this letter was written on April the 18th of 1776 and written from Philadelphia. So clearly Mr. Adams was with the Congress. So let's read a section of this letter. Quote, I hope you and your sister and brothers will take proper notice of these great events, and remember under whose wise and kind providence they are all conducted. Not a sparrow falls, nor a hair is lost, but by the direction of infinite wisdom, much less are cities conquered and evacuated. I hope that you will all remember how many losses, dangers, and inconveniences have been borne by your parents and the inhabitants of Boston in general for the sake of preserving freedom for you and yours. And I hope you will all follow the virtuous example if, in any future time, your country's liberties should be in danger and suffer every human evil rather than give them up. My love to your mama, your sister and brothers, and all the family. I am your affectionate father, John Adams. End quote. This letter could be written today from a father to a son in another part of the world. People have opinions about the Founding Fathers. Not all of them positive, but make no mistake, these men put it all on the line. They gave everything that they had, and in many cases, they they literally gave everything they had, including their lives, so that these sentiments conveyed by John Adams to his son, John Quincy, could be realized. Cities were attacked, houses destroyed, 
People were killed, sometimes in large numbers, in any one event. I, t I tell you, for all the talk of the privileges that the Founding Fathers must have had, they sure did sacrifice a lot, didn't they? This was not handed to them on a silver platter. That is to say, the United States of America was not handed to them on a silver platter. They had to die in droves to make it happen. By the thousands, tens of thousands, they had to die to make it happen. And many more tens of thousands had to die to keep it. Hundreds of thousands had to die to keep it. God knows how many more mutilated, brutalized, tortured, dismembered, scarred for life. And all I, all of that is wrapped up in what John Adams is saying here. And if you don't feel it in the words, then I would suggest that you listen to them again. I'll read a section of this um, to you one more time. Quote, I hope that you will all remember how many losses, dangers, and inconveniences have been borne by your parents and the inhabitants of Boston in general for the sake of preserving freedom for you and yours. And I hope you will all follow the virtuous example, if in any future time your country's liberties should be in danger, and suffer every human evil rather than give them up, end quote. You know, many times it's very difficult for children to understand the things that their parents went through in their life, the sacrifices that they made, especially if they were in the military, if they fought in a war. It's even harder still to understand what someone several generations ago went through in combat, just so you can be as free as you are today, so that you can take for granted the Constitution of the United States, so that you can take for granted the Declaration of Independence, especially on uh, Independence Day. And when I say, you know, you take it, take advantage of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, I don't mean everybody listening to this podcast. I just mean, you know, generally you as in all the people out there who do. And, and there are some people who do. There's a lot of people who uh, who don't. It just kind of depends on your background, where you come from and what you how you feel about it. But there are a great many people who do who take all, all these things for granted. We've talked about that a little bit before. Certainly, I know a lot of folks probably listen to this podcast. They're, they're not the ones who would. Otherwise, I don't think you'd sp be spending the time listening to somebody, you know, read the letters from the founding fathers. You're probably here because you do appreciate it. But that said, I don't think very many people in this country at all celebrate Independence Day the way that they should. That's just my opinion. People can disagree with me. That's fine. I'm generally appalled by the lack of recognition that the Founding Fathers get on Independence Day. It disturbs me greatly. And there are people to blame for that, and no, the government is not one of them. This is, uh, this is certainly one area where nobody can blame the government for that one. But I think this is a time for us to remember what we have, how we got it, how very fragile it is, and how how easy it is to lose everything. People in the world, they fight for their freedom today, right now, this very second. And when I read this letter, I think of them as much as I think of the Founding Fathers of the United States. I certainly hope that their cause is one and the same, although I do not know that for sure. I'm not going to elaborate on that, but I think some of you get the idea. Those of you who can read in between the lines... I, I certainly hope that their cause is one and the same. There's a lot, you know, just like everything else that John Adams ever wrote, for the most part, that was of any substance, this paragraph has a lot built into it. I'll give you an example of that. Quote, I hope you and your sister and brothers will take proper notice of these great events and remember under whose wise and kind providence they are all conducted. Not a sparrow falls, nor a hair is lost, but by the direction of infinite wisdom, end quote. That's a biblical reference. In other words, it's a reference to the Christian God. You might not get that if you don't understand John Adams. I said it before, I'll say it again. To understand John Adams, you have to understand that he was a religious man. Some folks will read over that that that, that particular line and just not think anything of it. He's, he's clearly directing his children, specifically John Quincy Adams in this case, to look towards God as the overseer of what everything it is that happens in this world. That's interesting. I mean, you could you could make a study of that all by itself. 
He concludes his remarks with a very sobering statement. And, you know, if this statement doesn't make you nervous or worried, concerned, in some particular kind of way, you're probably not paying attention. Quote, I hope you will all follow the virtuous example. If, in any future time, your country's liberties should be in danger and suffer every human evil rather than give them up, end quote. Suffer every human evil rather than give them up. My perpetual joke on this podcast is that many Americans, probably close to a majority, not quite a majority, but close, would scarcely give up their Netflix account for their freedom and their liberty. I mean, if somebody threatened to take away their Netflix, they would probably say, please take my freedom. And I mean that when I say it. That's I'm only half joking when I say that. Half joking by using Netflix as the example. But as far as the underlying sentiment there, it's, I'm 100% serious about it. And I think we all know that that's true. And I, I mentioned, I quoted somebody recently, you know, this, uh, those, those people who think that, you know, you should, you should achieve peace at any price. And I, I said that, you know, some wise man once said that, you know, you can have peace very quickly if you want to. You can have it in the next second. And you can get peace by just simply surrendering. If you surrender, you'll have peace anytime you want. To some extent, most of the time, until the uh, until the tyrant gets tired of seeing people surrender, and then all of a sudden the tyrant just starts butchering people for fun on a Friday afternoon, and even and of course by then nobody's safe. But, you know the founding fathers were very resolute: do not surrender, do not give up, suffer every human evil before you surrender. Don't quit. Do not quit. Not for any convenience. Not for any promise. Empty promises, especially, from politicians, snake oil salesmen, and charlatans. And those are all the same thing, by the way. Politicians, charlatans, and snake oil salesmen. Same thing. And certainly not for the promises of some dictator in your own country or in a foreign country. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give in. And why not? Why not just give up and surrender? It makes life a lot easier, doesn't it? I can be left alone to watch my Netflix if I surrender. Well, here's the reason why. Quote, how many losses, dangers, and inconveniences have been borne by your parents and the inhabitants of Boston in general for the sake of preserving freedom for you and yours, end quote. You know, I, I mentioned it before, freedom in this country was bought and paid for. That's why so many people like to come to the United States, because freedom has already been bought and paid for. For a time, of course, that, uh, you know, the, that check needs to be cashed again every once in a while. But that, you know, that, that just because it's been bought and paid for doesn't mean that it's free. Some people think that. Some people think that because it's already been bought and paid for, it's free. It's never, it's never free. It's not free. It never was. And that's what John Adams is trying to convey in that sentiment about the, the hardships that he is, he is going to have to go through. This is very early on. This is only April of 1776. Frankly speaking, John Adams, at this point in the war, doesn't yet fully understand what he is going to have to go through. He doesn't yet fully understand how many will have to die on both sides just so that people in the United States can breathe free, most of them anyway. Of course, there were some that couldn't breathe free, and that was going to be dealt with later on. And 700,000 more people are going to have to die for that to happen. Everybody conveniently forgets about that in the United States. There's 700,000 bodies in the ground that everybody conveniently forgets about. It's like it never happened. You know, the, the amount of... <laughs> The amount of disregard that the United States, frankly, has for the people who've died for this country is appalling. And I, I mean that when I say, why am I being so direct and so harsh in my tone, in my, my sentiments on this particular episode? You know, I get this way whenever I see people die for their country. You know, it, it affects me. I, I don't just kind of cruise on with my day and go to, go to Starbucks and drink my coffee like nothing is happening. 
Now, I don't let it burden me down so much so that I can't do my job and I can't function, but it sits with me. It's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like an albatross that follows me around. And I, it causes me to, to remember things, you know, things like what John Adams is talking about in this letter, the sacrifice that he had to make, and the, you know, people that he knew died. I mean, he had friends who died. They were shot and killed by British soldiers. There were people he knew at the beginning, before the war started. They were gone by the end of the war. I guess it, I guess it was all that privilege that they had. But aside from that, it was a lot of, it was a lot of, uh, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. And, you know, it's moments like this when I think to myself, we need to remember who we are and where we come from. The United States did not become the United States by playing it safe, by surrendering, by listening to the threats of some tin-pot dictator halfway around the world. That's not how we got where we are. I'll read it to you again. Quote, Suffer every human evil rather than give them up. End quote. Speaking about freedom and liberty. Suffer every human evil rather than give them up. Whatever may come. In other words, there's no price that you can pay. It's worth giving up your freedom and liberty. I don't care what it is. Doesn't matter. Your country's destroyed. Everybody dies doesn't matter. You know, Patrick Henry is credited with saying, give me liberty or give me death. That's the choice. Because to him and people like him, there was no such thing as life without liberty. You might as well kill me if you're going to take away my freedom and my liberty. Just kill me. Might as well. Life's over at that point. As soon as freedom and liberty is over with, life is over with. It's over. It's done. And I think that's the attitude that the United States needs to return to. I mean, I, I've spoke about this before. New Hampshire is still still called the live free or die state. At least the folks up in New Hampshire have some passing familiarity with this. And that's a good thing. Now, I don't think most of those citizens up there really have any clue what that really means. Some of them do. Probably a lot of them do, but not all of them. But, uh, you know, John Adams is making a statement here in this letter. He's making a statement, you know, on the eve of the birth of the United States of America finally being put down on the Declaration of Independence on paper. Getting very close to that date, John Adams has one of the greatest sentiments a father could ever pass on to his son in the United States of America. And how many fathers teach this to their children today? Probably not very many. Probably not a lot of fathers sitting around the kitchen table saying things like, quote, I hope you will all follow the virtuous example. If any future, if in any future time, your country's liberties should be in danger and suffer every human evil rather than give them up, end quote. Probably not a lot of talk about that on the, around the dinner table, but there should be. There should be, especially in times like this. Again, this is a reminder. If I mean, if you're going to get anything good out of this, it's a reminder to return back to where we came from. That basic principle from John Adams. Because John Adams, frankly speaking, knew what he was talking about. So I hope you enjoy that 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 discussion about that letter in particular. You know, I, I continually find it amazing how a single paragraph and a single letter written by John Adams can uh, can evoke in me and I hope a lot of other people uh, a reflection on where we've been and where we're going and where we are today. And I hope perhaps that it inspires people not to give up. And if anybody halfway around the world in Europe can hear me, I certainly hope that it inspires you to not give up because John Adams didn't quit. And neither did General Washington, or Benjamin Franklin, or Samuel Adams, Patrick Henry, and so many others. They did not quit. And honestly, I don't, I don't think those folks halfway around the world are going to quit either. If um, what we've seen in the last few weeks is any, uh, any, any uh, evidence of that, I, think, um, I don't think they're going to quit either. Like I said, I hope, that, um, I hope that their sentiments about these kinds of things are one and the same with John Adams. I really do. 
We all have something to learn from John Adams. Actually, we have a lot of things to learn from John Adams. He was um, very spot on in his sentiments about this kind of thing over and over and over again. And like I said, I hope you enjoy that letter, just that little piece of a letter from, from, uh, from one Adams to another, from father to son. And I like to think that letter played a part in inspiring John Quincy Adams to become the man that he did and to uh, fuel his aspirations one day to be president of the United States. And again, I hope you don't find my tone on this particular episode to be too harsh. I mean, oftentimes, you know, I, I, I say, it, you know, this podcast is not the feel-good podcast. This isn't the morning zoo. This is not the, uh, the feel-good podcast. This is just the reality podcast. 100% reality here. I'm not all about, um, I'm not all about, you know, just, just working, up, working everybody up into a, a super positive mood in the morning. It's just about reality. We have to face reality in this country. I think a lot of times that people don't like to do that because life has been a little bit too easy in this country for too long. For some people. Other people have it pretty doggone hard in this country. But, um... You know, I think we all have friends that are like that, friends that are detached. I mean, do you have friends like that that are just detached from reality? They can't handle it. They can't. They can't really. Uh, in, they can't really interact with anything that's going on in the world that's of a serious or a dark or disturbing nature. Be it you know warfare or something else similar to it. You know, the, the various struggles that people go through just to maintain their freedom. They just they can't connect with it in any meaningful way because it's just too much for them. They can't handle it. I I know people like that. I I've known people like that off and on through my life and. My, my ever-present hope for people like that is that they, they find a way to, to, to get that balance in life. I mean, you don't want to be overwhelmed by these things that go on in the world or the dark things that went on with the Founding Fathers. Some people just don't like to read history because it's just too dark. You know, or they like when they read the Founding Fathers, or they read about the Founding Fathers. They just like to read about the the warm and fuzzy things, you know, like uh, George Washington, you know, charging to victory in any particular kind of battle or Benjamin Franklin and some of the very, very intelligent, smart things that he did or wrote about. But they don't like to dwell on the people who really suffered quite severely during the war or the people who died. They don't like to focus on it because it's just too much for them. I hope that they can uh, main, obtain some kind of a balance and and study that and understand that you know it really it really takes a lot of darkness before you can really enjoy the freedoms and liberties that we have available to us today and that's the case with every country around the world for the most part i mean europe knows that lesson better than probably anybody you would think because of you know the last 100 years or so europe's been through some pretty terrible things but here in the united states you know a lot for a lot of us the best that we have is the letters from the founding fathers and people like them we have a lot to learn yet from Mr. Adams. You know, we are just scratching the surface of what Mr. Adams and people like him, and we haven't even begun to talk in depth about Benjamin Franklin yet, and we haven't even begun to talk in depth about a number of others that we're going to. And so uh, with this episode, I hope that um, I hope that you'll use it as a time to reflect on how serious the world really is and how serious history is. And I look at this as a positive. This is Mr. Adams. This is John Adams reminding us to take things seriously. And just like he was trying to convey to his children, you should convey to your children as well. We all should, to the next generation, communicate what John Adams was trying to communicate to John Quincy. The same thing. I think John Adams sets a good example as a father as far as trying to educate his children and how serious things were at the time in 1776. I really do. And just like I think every American should try to educate their children how serious these times are that we live in now, not to burden them, not to... And again, some people think their children just can't handle the stress of it all. You know, you'd be surprised. You know, I think they can handle it. Just about um, moderating your tone, perhaps, and just instructing them appropriately. Mr. Adams here is not engaging any kind of fire-breathing oratory with his kid. He's just trying to convey to him 
the seriousness of it. He's trying to say to him, hey, you know, there's going to be some suffering that happens here. Your parents are going to endure a lot of hardships, and I hope you understand that and understand why. And I hope that later on you will be willing to, to suffer, if need be, for your own freedom and the freedoms of your children. That would be John Adams' grandchildren. So with all that said, I certainly hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, as uh, serious a tone as it was. And I hope you will join me next time on the next episode of the podcast. I really do. And I look forward to that. And as always, a big thank you to Mr. Adams, our guest on the podcast, live from 1776. Doesn't get much better than that. And this is Roman signing off. Thank you.